Well, hello. Welcome back to a uh, another story time with David here. I'll be your host, David Nurse, also the author of the book Mindset Shifts. And this is a chapter out of Mindset Shifts. The chapter is what makes you you. It's about embracing who you are and just loving every little quirk and every little thing that makes you who you are. Okay, there's a story that goes along with it. You'll find that at the end. Right now, the main premise of this, remember when you were a kid, when you went to recess and you just had so much fun being a kid? Well, we're going to bring recess back. We're going to free yourself from an identity because you're all going to have identities. I Everybody has something that they find their identity in. Mine used to be shooting coach basketball. That was only what I was. And we're going to free ourselves from that identity. We're going to bring recess back. We're going to let ourselves be bad at something and be totally cool with it. We don't have to be perfect. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Let's jump into the chapter. Here we go. What was your favorite class in school when you were in elementary? Now, don't tell me it was science or math because I know it wasn't. It was recess. The time in school that we all woke up in the morning excited about. What were we going to play with our friends at school that day? What adventure could we self-create on the monkey bars? How many times could we run up and down the slide without falling off it? Freeze tag? Friday? Yep, it was on. Recess was the best class by far. But why was that? Because we were free. There was no one telling us we had to be great at this or we had to be great at that. There was no grades for recess. There was no perfect test score. There was no report card to bring home to show our production and growth at recess. There were no expectations of our older brother or sister that we had to live up to. At recess, we were free. We could play. We could imagine. We could escape our identity and allow ourselves to be bad at something. If we wanted to be bad at something, we could be bad at something. And it was perfectly okay. We had the freedom of exploring what we love to do and figuring out what made us who we truly were. That's an analogy, of course, for the life we live now, but at the core, it couldn't be more true. Ask yourself this question. How many of you, the first thing you do when you meet someone is you tell them what you do or you ask them what do they do, figuring out what their identity is. But is this truly your identity? Is it what defines you? We are so caught up in what our image is and impressing those around us that our false identity of who we think we are ends up engulfing who we truly are. As if the evil version of yourself is now the one fully in charge of your body while our mind is trapped mutely screaming for escape without a word, without a sound coming out. Free yourself of those chains. Let those burdens go. Allow yourself to be bad at something. Allow yourself to play again. When was the last time you heard that word? Play. Allow yourself to be back on the recess blacktop running around with your friends searching for that lost treasure. Free yourself from the identity you think you have to live up to and others have placed upon you. And trust me, when you do, you will be able to come become free in so many more areas of your life than you ever thought possible. It's a mindset shift. And here's the shift. Imagination over identity. Brooke Lopez. You know what? Well, 
one of the best true NBA big men to play in the last 20 years. The NBA big man has literally became almost like a dinosaur over that time period. Plentiful and dominant to nearly now extinct. However, Brooke transcended that tectonic shift. But it wasn't easy. Brooke is very gifted and an extremely talented basketball player with athletic and hand-eye coordination gifts that don't even make sense for a seven-foot man. Brooke came into the NBA from Stanford as a can't-miss prospect, future multi-time all-star, someone to build a franchise around, a potential Hall of Famer. Brooke was that good in a league desperately needing a great big man. As the 10th overall pick in the 2008 draft, Brooke landed in New Jersey, a team that needed a high IQ big man to carry the load of a franchise needing a savior. But as good as Brooke was on court, the New Jersey Nets struggled and struggled bad. Not only failing to miss the playoffs in his first season, but accumulating one of the worst records a team in NBA history has ever had at 12-70 and 70 in the second season. Brooke showed consistency and flashes of greatness, but never quite living up to the expectations that he had came into the NBA with. Only becoming an NBA All-Star one time in 2013 and barely ever experiencing the taste of the playoffs. Brooke was labeled as a good player, but one that never really lived quite up to expectations. And it killed him. He read it. He saw what everyone was saying. An emotional guy that Brooke was, there was no way for him to turn off his brain from caring about what others were saying about him. As the NBA evolved into a guard-dominated league, of which it is today, with the brilliance of a young Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, the big man in the NBA was quickly on its way out. As fast as a giant asteroid wiped out dinosaurs off the face of the planet, the true big man was gone from the NBA. Former $100 million contracts, gone, vanished, non-existent in the NBA. Brooke was out at the point that he either had to adapt and transition or would suffer the same fate as the big man dinosaurs before him. So, where does the story come in? Okay, I arrived in Brooklyn after the New Jersey Nets and made the move over to Brooklyn. I knew Brooke as a person the public had labeled him to be, a basketball player who had super high expectations but never could quite live up to them. Brooke and I got along pretty well from the start as we both had a common interest in Disney World. At the time, Brooke was in the process of building his his mansion on the Disney property in Orlando. And as Brooke and I became closer and closer, his trust for me and in me grew more and more. And I realized he was much, much more than a basketball player. A basketball player that might have been fifth or sixth down on the list of his interests in what actually defined him. But why didn't anyone know this? Sure, there have been the stories of Brooke and his twin brother Robin might be a, a little bit offbeat, a little bit different, and maybe or maybe not skipping a Stanford practice to drive six hours from Palo Alto to Anaheim for a day to go to Disneyland might not have been the smartest idea at the time, but it should have been a red flag that they were more than just basketball players and needed to express themselves in a different way, needed to show who their true identity was. So I remember this day right here like it was yesterday. Okay. All right. Picture this. Walk through this with me here. We were going to Orlando playing the Orlando Magic. And Brooke was taking the wrath of uh, the coach, and we were getting absolutely destroyed. I, I could tell he was not as into it as he normally was, and maybe a little mentally checked out, but uh, he basically got 40-balled by the Magic, which shouldn't have happened. 
absolutely, absolutely an embarrassing loss. And uh, so we got back to the hotel that night and didn't think much of it. We would fly out the next day uh, about 2 o'clock. So 7 a.m. the next morning, I get a text on my phone from Brooke saying, want to go to Epcot this morning? Yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, I sure would. I came down at 6.59 in the morning, pre-coffee for me, and a little bit struggling from a late night after the game and, and film and everything, and there was Brooke with an absolute Santa-had-just-arrived Christmas-type Disney World expression on his face, ready to greet me with a huge smile, a big hug, and a slap on the back as a let's-go type of mentality. Brooke and I were off to Epcot 7 a.m. after a game with the Orlando Magic and a smile on his face like I had never seen before. As we walked around the park for nearly three hours that morning, pushing our limits to when we would have to be back for our flight, we went on ride after ride, and we had to sprint back, like I said, to the catch the team playing. And I saw something in Brooke during that three hours that I hadn't seen before. Genuine joy for who he was. This is where Brooke could find himself. He could be himself, not only on the basketball court, not on the basketball court, where he was defined as being a seven-foot big man that if he's tall and naturally talented, of course he would play basketball. But here at Disney World, he was able to be himself. He was able to be comfortable in his own skin without worrying about living up to expectations of what others think he should put on as his mask. His mask, his identity of basketball. Brooke was at peace at Epcot. He was in his happy place. As the season progressed, the fate of the Nets didn't improve. Headed in a downward spiral directly for a new overhaul of management, the coaching staff, basically the entire culture, was set to be transformed at the end of the season. But Brooke, Brooke thrived. It didn't show up in wins and losses, but it showed up in the person he was on the floor, the teammate he was in the locker room, and slowly but surely shredding and absolutely letting go of his shield and force field that he had built up around himself. Brooke was finally thriving. Not only was he being true to himself, but he was also being true to his skill set and realizing what it was going to take to transition into the new NBA. Interesting, huh? The three-point shooting obsessed NBA that even required seven-footers who had previously thought to only be planted around the rim now step out 23 feet plus away from the hoop and be counted on to consistently knock down shots? Brooks saw the trend happening, and he fully embraced it. Maybe it was because he was comfortable with who he truly was. Or maybe it was a product of the environment and the situations he fell into. But I would like to say it was the previous. He became comfortable with who he was and able to make that transition, not worrying what others thought, that he had to just be a big man. And Brooke, he... Not only is one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA for a big man over the next three seasons, he was one of the top three-point shooters altogether in the NBA. Brooke even went on to break the record for three-pointers made by a player seven foot or taller. The record. He holds the record for someone seven foot or taller, three-pointers made. Think about that. When only three years earlier, he rarely even thought about attempting the three. Brooke not only survived the change and massive shift of the NBA that could have left him extinct like the rest of the big men dinosaurs in his time, Brooke didn't just survive, he thrived. He found himself that day at Disney World. He found himself at Epcot. He found that he could be who he was and absolutely be comfortable in his own skin and fully embrace who he was. Brooke wasn't defined by basketball. And in not allowing it to define him, he found definition to his life. 
Maybe that's why when late in the season, while in L.A. to face the Lakers on Kobe Bryant's farewell tour, his last season, instead of seeking out Kobe for an autograph and a jersey like every other player in the Nets locker room did, Brooke instead sat in the corner and spoke with an unassuming old Japanese lady for 30 minutes or more. A reporter from a Japanese anime magazine, another one of Brooke's interests and loves, And as I watched the events unfold in the locker room of the Kobe mania and everybody trying to get a shoe or an autograph from him, I could only sit back and smile. Smile because I knew that Brooke was no longer burdened with having to hide who he truly was. No longer feeling the identity mask that was placed upon him. He could freely be himself. It changed his whole outlook. It changed who he was. It changed his performance in the NBA. But it was all a mindset shift. Brooke decided he would embrace what made him who he is. And in doing so, he not only survived, he thrived. But it's all a mindset shift.